This podcast is brought to you by Renewal by Anderson of Central Pennsylvania, which is currently offering customers a door and window super deal. You can now save $500 on every window and 1000 on every door from May 1st through May 31st. Super indeed. Visit RenewalByAnderson.com to learn more about this deal before it ends. Under the cover of night, even sedate Central PA suburbia can seem sinister especially when a possible child predator is lurking. This is what brings Musa Harris, a self-appointed pedophile hunter, to this quiet, well-manicured subdivision on the outskirts of Carlisle. It's nearing 9 p.m. on a Saturday evening. Harris, known as the Luzerne County Predator Catcher on his ubiquitous and popular social media channels, has spent the better part of an hour chatting with his target on a popular app for gay hookups. It's known as Griner. On the app, Musa has been posing as a 15-year-old boy. This is his digital decoy designed to draw out pedophiles looking for underage sex. In reality, Musa is a bearded but young-looking 43-year-old, and he just might be the most unlikely and unconventional crime fighter one could ever meet. Thank you for joining us for a special Today in PA episode featuring Penn Live crime reporter John Lucy, who's here to talk about his new series on Penn Live about the Luzerne County predator hunter, Musa Harris. John, thank you for taking the time for being here today. How did you first hear about Musa? What put him on the radar for you? Basically, he was on the radar because I was following a lot of statewide news for the daily buzz for Penn Live when I would be going out and and aggregating a lot of news from all around the state. And I started hearing about this citizen predator hunter up in Luzerne County, and he was reeling in some pretty big catches that he alleges and that were later charged uh, as child predators, you know, that they were meeting up to have sex with a child. Uh, but it was Musa Harris instead that they met up with, and he had duped them on these adult dating apps where he uh, would pose as a young, his uh, lingo is younger looking for older, a young person looking for older. And then during the course of the chat, which is, you know, very graphically sexual, he would say, well, I'm only 15 if you don't mind age. And it, that was the pivot point, whether the person was basically just online looking for a hookup or actually a predator. And he said 98% of the people, once he dropped that bombshell that he was only 15, would say, hey, you don't belong on this app. This is an adult app. You need to be 18 or up to be on here. You know, go away. But there was a small percentage of the people who would take it further and literally want to meet up with a 15-year-old for sex, some of them even ordering up Ubers, because if you're 15, you can't drive in Pennsylvania normally, to bring Musa, the 15-year-old Musa, his digital decoy, to uh, to their homes. But yeah, he'd be showing up at, at these uh, predators' front doors, you know, but but when he shows up, he's, he's a 43-year-old man, and he has his live stream video rolling, and it's going live on multiple social media platforms. And these guys are exposed, which is Moose's term, as predators. And they end up on the internet, on YouTube, and he tags uh, the local community where he made his catch. And then a lot of times his viewers, which number in the thousands, tens of thousands, 
will identify these people. And some of them have been high profile people in, in these communities. And he's spreading out the hunt far beyond North Central PA. He's down in Harrisburg now and York and other places uh, in our more immediate pen live coverage area. And that's why we decided to tag along on some of his predator hunts. Now, you and I met for the first time in person a few weeks ago. And one of the first things that we discussed was this idea of the sofa or armchair detective, you know, these people who primarily investigate most popularly murders online from the safety of their homes. They're just civilians. They get into cases like the Idaho killer cases. But one of the things that we brought up was a lot of the times these guys are wrong and they target the completely incorrect individual and most often than not ruin their lives, if not for a few months, then for a long time. I don't know if you saw recently in Philadelphia, there were those women that were incorrectly accused of racism because there was a viral video that circulated online and they inquired. I saw that at a restaurant, yeah, and they were... To me, for that to happen is kind of crazy. I totally agree with you. But how does what Musa does differentiate from them, especially when, you know, I what these people are doing are absolutely detestable, but how do you draw the line between justified vigilantism and what those people are trying to do? Well, Musa will, and we, we systematically went out with him on a night's worth of hunting throughout uh, Cumberland and Dolphin counties. And the first thing in observing Musa and sort of getting his play-by-play of what he's doing, he targets nobody. Okay, so he creates an account on Grinder, which is sort of a gay dating. They call it a dating app, but it's more of a hookup app. Yeah, it kind of shows everybody who's within a certain geographical area who's on at any given moment. And technically, all of those people who are on are available for a hookup, you know, just because of the proximity of being there. It is very creepy. A couple of my guy friends used to use that in college. And you can see when they get closer and closer. It's like the exact mileage. Yeah. Yeah. So what he does is he creates this persona and his name was first time the night we were out with him. And his little description was younger looking for older. Mm. This is like putting a flag up, you know, and it's showing that he's right in this vicinity where all these other men looking for a hookup are so naturally some of them just start chatting with him you know what i mean these chats very quickly turn sexual there's often exchanges of photographs of genitalia and everything else musa because he's in his 40s he's a young looking dude but he couldn't pass for a 15 year old so he doesn't put a picture up of himself and if somebody asks for a picture they'll say well i'm on the down low you know what I mean? But he does, he has some supposedly fake pictures of male genitalia that he does send off, you know what I mean? And they'll, they'll exchange back and forth and then they'll start chatting and a lot of them want to meet up. And that's usually when he drops the line, well, you know, if you don't mind age, I'm 15, I don't mind, you know, uh, you want to meet up. And that's the point where once the person is notified that he's a 15-year-old kid who's sort of faking his age on this adult app. If the person wants to go further, that's when he says they're a predator. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, So anything after that, he starts screenshotting all the chat. So as sort of the evidence. And he'll show that he identified himself as a 15-year-old boy. They don't mind age. They want to meet up. Because there's the, the GPS online, he'll have them text him the exact address. So he even has them texting the exact address. And then obviously when the meetup happens, it's him at the front door when they open it, or if it's one of these 
drive up where they drive up and are going to pick him up for sort of a backseat action, so to speak. Uh, he'll be right there and he'll get in into the car and have the video going. And basically his first question is, why did you meet, want to meet up with a 15 year old boy? And of course, there's every excuse in the book. But he, he says, no, I, that was me the whole time. I have your whole chat here. And he says, so what, what were you up to? You know, and it goes on from there. And it's all content that's going right out live. How do you feel about him live streaming it? Do you think that it kind of adds to how would I wear this? It's very it's very much almost like a public flogging of these guys. Right. Which once again, they're doing the wrong thing. They're pedophiles. You know, to be biased, I do think they deserve what they're getting. But then you ask DAs around the area like Franchardo that, you know, how do they feel about it? And that they say essentially that Musa should stick to following the rules. How do you feel about such a public unveiling of these guys? It's basically the only tool he has. Okay, Mm. He's not he can't do a citizen's arrest. I guess he could, you know, according to Franchardo, once he has identified somebody who wants to meet up with a 15-year-old, he could let them know about it and let the law enforcement handle it from there. But there's this genre of these citizen predator hunters, and their only uh, tool is this exposure, you know, via social media. And uh, they put it out there, and then they're saying they're serving the community by letting people in the community know that this person is out there. He doesn't know who it is. They don't give their real names or anything. They might give their address, but he'll tag the community where this happens. And then his viewers will go online and say, oh, that's my dentist. Or, hey, that guy teaches, you know, at one of the public schools or, you know what I mean? Or this guy was an ex-cop who ran for city council. That's how it happens. The identification is made through his videos. In fairness to Franchardo, he said he did investigate when Musa was down here um, previous to when we met up with him and he was doing some hunting. And Fran had one of his assistant DAs look into the case Musa brought him. And he said that there were some questions and qualms with it that they didn't feel they could go forward with it. But other jurisdictions are and they are charging and they are getting guilty pleas on some of these cases. And in one of them, I got five plus years in state prison. And normally one of the charges they plead to is strong enough to get these people to then have a 25 year requirement to list on Megan's law, you know, like the predator Mm -hmm. list, the sex offender list. So there are real consequences and there are some real cases coming out of what he's doing. Why do you think someone would want to get into this kind of line of work to begin with? Do you think it has something to do perhaps with the faith a lack of faith, rather, in the system, because violence is at an all-time high currently. Crime is through the roof. People seem to be really disenchanted with politics on either side of the political spectrum. Do you think that this maybe stems from that, or do you think maybe it's more so the fact that social media has given people the tools to do this? Well, definitely social media has given people the tools. And Musa started this during the pandemic when the isolation of the pandemic forced a lot of people who wanted to meet anyone onto these apps. And that included a good number of predators. And law enforcement confirms that both Chardo and the law enforcement up in Luzerne County says there's a lot of these guys out there more than you or I would believe. And Musa, who's been doing this only on weekends for three years, has 500 and plus catches. Oh, wow. That many? (laughs) Jesus. Yes. Here I was thinking it was a good thing that most people say no when you mentioned that in the beginning, but (laughs) 
<laughs> that's a disheartening number. Or, yeah, there's a good number that's still saying yes. Ew. You know what I mean? E- even though the vast majority say no. So, yeah, so there's definitely uh, uh, whoever you talk to, whether it's law enforcement who are working on this or whether it's Musa who's been out there mixing it up, you know, with these apps. There's a lot of people who would cross that line, that taboo line. And here's the other thing, too. Musa is a really interesting guy. I mean, he grew up in Newark. Uh, New Jersey, dirt poor, parents who probably weren't the best parents. The only thing that got respect in his neighborhood were the drug dealers, the street-level drug dealers that had a little bit of bling. And he sort of got caught up in that life. And it's one of those things where, as you know, when you're younger, you get caught up in the system. It just leads to more system. And it's been a revolving door for him for decades. And along the way, when he was out, he, he had three or actually four children. Uh, his oldest now, I think, is in her 20s, but he has a, the youngest is six. And at some point, after missing years long gaps of his first three daughters' lives, he finally drew the line saying, I'm just not a good drug dealer. I need to get out of this. He did have a felony conviction for aggregated assault on a police officer. Now, to hear him tell it versus you know, the official narrative, it's two different stories. It's still, a, you know, it still was a 50 months in jail, the last straw for him. And, and he got some culinary skills that when he got out, he was working at a country club and worked his way up to sous chef. But when COVID hit and everything shut down, he was on YouTube and stumbled onto this genre of predator hunter. And within that same weekend, had a catch. And he's been going full steam ever since. And the respect that he says he gets out of it, he gets plenty of criticism uh, and he gets plenty of threats. And uh, but but the respect from the people, you know, and the appreciation, that's that's what drives him. Now, true crime and the large popularity it's amassed throughout the years seems to be a very good way of getting the pulse of what people are most concerned with about these days. Personally, I think kind of like horror, you know, in the 80s and 70s, a lot of horror movies were about the satanic panic in the 60s. It was fear of communism, things like that. And it seems like the current trend in a lot of true crime documentaries these days or even just the news in general has to deal with pedophilia. Why do you think there's such a an upheaval almost or rather an increased interest in catching these guys? That's a great question. And I mean, I know Luzerne County is kind of a blue collar county. Uh, they, you know, they lost a lot of their factories and they lost a lot of their good jobs. And, you know, they lost a lot of their dignity. They had the opioid crisis up mm-hmm. there. So they lost a lot of uh, family and friends to that. But, you know, the one thing they have left to protect is their children, you know, and they, and then you get into these sort of political circles and that Chunanan or whatever that was, where it was talking about conspiracy theories about politicians who were pedophiles. And then you have the uh, Epstein mm. case where he supposedly commits suicide. And then and then his uh, female paramour, they, they kept the lid on her address book that was supposed to be filled with all these who's who's of names in this global pedophilia ring. I mean, you know, there's a lot of smoke. I'm sure there's a lot of fire too, but Absolutely. there's this sort of mythology that it's 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 being also protected by the power structure, you know, because the appetite for it is one of these sort of um, elite appetites of, of the rich and famous and politically connected, that that's like the last taboo to be broken and that, that some of the people who have the power to break it are, are the, the people at the top, you know what I mean? So I think it, it all feeds into it, but... Regardless of all that, 
how much is conspiracy, how much is fact, we don't know. But the one thing that is a fact is there are a lot of predators who are especially now a lot on these apps who would take the opportunity to do that if they had the chance. As one predator told Musa, it just was easy. It was, you know, he asked why he did it. It was easy. It was easy. I could, I could have the kid come right to my house from this app. You know what I mean? And that kid was Musa, luckily. Luckily, because there, there was one predator. He said that he raped the youngest he went was a three-year-old girl, right? Which That was another one of his chilling ones where, the pre- I mean, you know, because the one thing about Musa, he, he's very well-spoken. He's a showman for sure, especially like, you know, you said, well, why does, why does he do it live, live stream? Well, part of the reason is I think, you know, it kind of protects him. It, it puts them sort of on their back heel, but it also sort of brings his audience into the moment. And he's, you know, I guess taking little uh, comments from them. They can write in their comments as they go and he's answering them as they go. It's it's that sense of being there, uh, seeing what's going to happen next. You know what I mean? What, you know, who's going to be behind door number three, so to speak. So uh, he does an interesting job. I'll say that having spent the night and watching him even in between hunts or even in between, even when a hunt doesn't actually lead up to an, um, an exposure, uh, he keeps the audience uh, pretty well engaged. I will say that. It's almost like a modern version of the stocks. You know, you're publicly humiliating these guys on a mass scale. And the internet, nothing really goes away on the internet, right? So it seems to be a surefire way almost of shaming these guys who can hide behind a computer screen and won't feel any sort of guilt until someone like Musa comes and makes them cry, which a few of them have done on video. And not because of what and they he, did, like you point out, but because of they got caught. That's yeah, exactly. And uh, uh, th- that whole thing of the exposure, uh, one of his followers apparently got him into the Urban Dictionary. Musafar <laughs> is, is to be suddenly exposed as in a child predator. So he, you know, that was the sort of feather in his cap, you know, to, to sort of have that justification. And he's certainly prolific about it. And having been with him and, and, and creeping around some of these, you know, he's invited to these homes, but he has to sort of. If he's going there himself, a 15-year-old can't drive, so he has to sort of park in some dark, remote area, then walk up to the porch. And, you know, you you never know what's going to be behind that door. And, of course, a true pedophile is used to preying upon somebody who's weak. So they're, they are taken aback when it's Musa who's, you know, who's there when the door opens. So he always has the advantage of surprise. But I don't know that I'd want to be doing this, and, and certainly not every weekend, you know, where he's off on his own and for a lot of times Friday night, Saturday night, you know, real late, maybe even getting back Sunday morning back up to the house. So not even for the chance to have your name used as Internet slang, not even for that. (laughs) No, (laughs) but I'll tell you, it was it was an eye opening experience being along for the ride. And I really think it makes for some compelling reading Mm. in the series that we have where we really just do, instead of telling, we're showing exactly what's going on and what the conversations are back and forth and and what it's like to go up to some house thinking that a predator is there. You're in the middle of, you know, sedate suburbia, but you know, there's this eerie feeling or this kind of suspense that there, you know, something's amiss because, hey, if a predator is there, predators everywhere. You know, if he's in this, you know, Carlisle suburb that seems like so manicured, it's quiet, you know what I mean? It's safe. But if a predator is there, a predator is anywhere. 
you know, that that it's disquieting. Makes you kind of paranoid. It did. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It makes you paranoid for sure. And, you know, certainly parents reading this, seeing this, you know, I, I think definitely I think they'll be more concerned about tracking their younger kids uh, use of the phone and what where they're at and, you know, what they're on, and what apps they're using. That could be a good thing. Is that even possible? I feel like the internet is just so open and spacious and it's really hard to control. I mean, how, how do you oh, yeah. even really I mean, track it, anything and block your kids from stuff? That, <laughs> somebody else above my pay grade is going <laughs> to need to do that because I, I have no idea. Because Moose is using some of these apps I had never even heard of that he's using. So, I mean, it's it just keeps, like you said, progressing and multiplying. So You're better off not knowing about them, John. <laughs> right, right. One of actually, speaking of apps and social media, one of the biggest points you brought up towards the third part of your story is that social media is actually one of the biggest deterrents more so than the law in Musa's investigation, how YouTube blocks him and... Yeah, I mean, the content that he's producing, especially because he has been putting it up unedited. So he'll do the live stream and then he'll take a recording of that and then make a, a permanent post out of it. So it, it is raw, unedited content. It is, you know, in a way you could call it cyberbullying because when he does confront a predator, he's confrontational. He's demanding why, why they wanted to meet up with a 15-year-old boy. A lot of times he's saying... You need to confess. You need to call, you know, your your wife or your mother. You need to confess to somebody about what's what you're doing and you need to get help. And sometimes he was, you know, this might be the showman in him or uh, maybe he got the suggestion from one of his online viewers. But he said, well, make the guy do push ups or make the guy slap himself if he if he thinks uh he did something wrong. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and certainly anybody who gets outed by him or exposed by him wants that content off of their ASAP. So I'm sure between the complaints that you can get and, and, and register your complaints and the community guidelines that cover a lot of this thing, there's a lot of profanity, a lot of, you know, sexual innuendo. Uh, some of his videos and yes, his YouTube channel has been pulled several times. But again, he plays his own version of whack-a-mole because every time anything gets banned or he pops up under a slightly different title, you know, and reopens a new YouTube t- page and starts it all over again. So he's determined to keep going. But yeah, certainly some of his content has been, it, it's been tougher for him to keep it up there sometimes. Um, but, but right now the content is winning in terms of the results that he's gotten, you know, in terms of from his audience, his audience being participating in actually identifying the people who are in the video, some of them important. And, you know, sometimes uh, he, he says two of the people that he, um, he identified or were later identified by the uh, by the audience committed suicide. And he said he has no sympathy uh, for them. He makes it makes him wonder whether how many other skeletons that weren't exposed were in their closets. Thanks again, John, for joining us. And be sure to check out all three parts of his series exclusively found on PenLive.com. 
This podcast is brought to you by Renewal by Anderson of Central Pennsylvania, which is currently offering customers a door and window super deal. You can now save $500 on every window and 1000 on every door from May 1st through May 31st. Super indeed. Visit RenewalByAnderson.com to learn more about this deal before it ends.